controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. I'm not moving to Chicago. Period, not an exclamation point. Episode 25, RSF. We're going to get right into it today. No, no screwing around. It's all business. Um, bipolar weekend, if you like football, college or pro, any color, whatever you guys want to say. Um, and all four guys are here, and all four of us were affected in some way by this weekend's ridiculousness. Um, the Lions gave one away. The Packers gave one away. Michigan and Michigan State got it done in their own way. We'll get into it all. Um, we're going to pretty much be doing college and pro divided. We're going to start with pro, and uh, we're going to start with the Lions. And um, I'll have Tony recap the game, and then we'll go around and, and just sum it up because I'm, I'm going to have to collect my thoughts before I dive into that nonsense. So, All right, so the Lions game, we saw them get up early at home in their home opener. It looked good. You know, they're playing a Tennessee team that's not that great. But then the penalties. I'd be careful who you call not that great if they just beat you. <laughs> But then the penalties and the injuries started to pile up. And, of course, it comes down to a little over a minute left in the game. Lions still have all three timeouts. Everybody that's a Lions fan is saying, oh, we're only down by a point. This is just like last week. We're about to drive down the field and get a field goal. And Stafford, after they flashed a stat at the beginning of the game on TV, showing how many uh, passing times he'd had without an interception, Throws an interception that ends the game. Ends the game. And you hit the nail on the head when you said it was similar to last week. And look, guys, I'm going to try to keep my composure and be professional about this. I was very torn about the loss. It affected my Sunday. I had to go into work. It, it really affected me. And unless, as long as this shitbird to my right can keep <laughs> his mouth shut and not make little comments, it's going to be a smooth show and we can be adults. So if you're a casual what fan. What would that be? If you're a casual fan watching the game and you know anything about football, the Lions – Despite a couple of things going here and there, the Lions dominated Suck. the game. Okay, the Lions were in control the whole time. Is this the uh, The defense were getting sacks. The defense was getting sacks. Stafford was slinging the rock around, and barring three t- touchdowns that should have been one for sure on the Ebron call, it could have got carried away. It could have been easily been a blowout, but it wasn't. You can say SOL. I'll never use those three letters in a row on this show. I never have, but. Um, they gave one away. They gave one away. And when you give one away, you got to get one back. And that'll lead us into a later topic because we got uh, the Packers this week, and that's going to be an interesting talk. But, I mean, they gave it away, guys. I mean, you can fill in the blanks all you want, but they gave it away. You can make poke fun all you want. And you, I don't know why you're smiling over there because I, I, I really don't know why. <laughs> you know, you we went to be. elementary school together. I figured, out, figured you learned what the word dominant meant dominated the game. I don't know, 15 points in your dominant offense from week one. Well, if you would have heard me, if you would have just listened and not just, just smiled like that in a creepy way, you would know that I just said they gave three touchdowns away. Abdullah, Ebron, and who was the third one that they gave away for? Was it Ebron again? Bolden. 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 You go from first and goal on the one to first, or first and goal from the 31. I don't blame the officials, guys, but... It was ridiculous. They gave one away, and yeah, we there, can all agree. There definitely was a lot, way too much laundry on the field in that and game. And not to mention, I'm sorry, go, I'll let you go. No Z- Ziggy went away early. No Levy. That's a huge question mark. We don't know what the hell is going on with him. Linebacking core is getting depleted. We, yeah, they had literally had two healthy linebackers 
on their roster by the end of the game. Injuries, flags, and just flat-out stupidity and a late pick uh, by Stafford sealed the deal, and they gave one away. Hashtag, they gave one away. Did they score all their points in the first half, if I'm not wrong? It was 15 points they scored in the first half? Do you know the answer to that? Or I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah, they did. So they scored all 15 points in the first half, and the two touchdowns that were called back were at the end of the first half. So they had a whole 30 minutes of football to go down there and score literally anything. They could have cribbed an extra point. They could have gotten a field goal. 30 minutes against the Tennessee Titans, who don't have the greatest defense, they didn't do anything. So I don't want to hear the word dominate and blame on the referees. I think you might be mistaken on one of the things you just said. I'm pretty sure that Ebron touchdown was in the, in the third quarter. Was it? It was in the first half. The Ebron, that pass interference led to the Bolden. Yeah, that was as the clock wound on the first half. They kicked the field well, goal. then if you use that argument, it should have been blown away in the first half. There would have been no chance of them coming back. If you Look, Gerard, you can, I mean, I get it. it, it we're doing radio. There's got to be an opposite side, man. It, it, I don't know if you watched the game or all, not. All I'm, well, the Titans at no point until the end were ever in. No one would have thought they would have, were going to win the game. I mean, you could just j- dance around yeah, all you want. Yeah, and I know we did think they were going to win the game, but they did. Because the I know they did. Good. I just said that. It's just it, See, that's what I mean about this little shit bird. I can't <laughs> deal with it. Ah, all right. Okay. So, Joe, do you have any input on the Lions game, or can we move on to the Packers, who also lost? I don't know why I you're got more to like say that. about the Lions. Okay. Well, I got plenty to say about the Packers. I'd like then. to point out that that little halfback dump off stuff didn't work this week, and I like to point. I think that's why they didn't put up as many points. This check down to the running back that they last first week in Indy, they actually covered him this week, and it looked like Bob Cooter, who I love because his name's Cooter. Didn't look as powerful he had. All we're talking about. Abdullah was, was having a phenomenal game until the injury, and, and uh, Riddick was playing good as well. They didn't put up near the stats they did the week before. Oh yeah, one of them got hurt, Gerard. That's the only point I'm making. Was it didn't work as well as it did week one? And they're gonna have to make okay. changes coming into week three. Sure. Facing the top ranked rushing defense, believe it or that not. Was a sick take. Tony, you got anything else on that? No, I mean I think we covered it pretty well. They. Came out looking good, and then... They should have won, and they didn't, right? Yeah, and then it was as they kept constantly getting penalized, and injuries started to mount up, it looked like they got scared. They tucked in and just basically said, we're up, let's try and hold this, and hopefully try not to take too many penalties, not get anybody else hurt, and try and get out of here with a win somehow. And when they backed off there, I mean, and you're sitting there, with a defensive lineman playing a linebacker because you're so short a linebacker, and their team just drives down the field against you. It was a disaster. We could sit here and scream and cry about it. I got all that done on Sunday. I'm not going to – I just – we move on to Packer week. But before we do that, the Packers played a division game. They went in, and we won, We got a couple predictions Whoa. wrong. Well, hold on. We got a couple predictions wrong last week. But we – when I say we, I mean the smart people on the show did get this one right, and uh, they went into the, the Vikings' home turf – and that horn was blowing, and there were strip sacks of flowing, and the Packers lost by three to the Minnesota Vikings. So, Gerard, now you can you were laughing like a maniac, like you did yeah. last week. But go ahead and talk about your Packers. Uh, you, you're saying this is a negative connotation, you know? Oh, no, I'm not. Up, up in Green Bay, we have a motto, and you know it's to win all eight. You've home never games. been there, but yeah, win all eight, eight home games and split on the road. Go 500 on the road. We started on the road, two away games. Every team, all six teams that did it last year started 0 and 2. The Packers could come out of it one and one. You know, we're coming back home. We have a not going to leave Lambeau until October 30th. That's a nice month and a half stand we got here. You done dancing? I'm not dancing. We lost the game. They played bad. They should have kicked a field goal. If you want to break down the X's and O, the Packers got out to an early lead, and then Vikings came back. Packers went down and made it 14-17. to 
And then on fourth down, when everybody knew they were passing it, Stephon Diggs, you, everybody could tell they got a flag called on him at the end of the game, and then Rodgers got the ball back one last time, and he, uh, he threw a pick to Trey Waynes, a state alum. It's that simple. Gotta, we blew the game almost the same way. I got to say, man, th- this entire weekend of football, it was sloppy, 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 sloppy. The Packers game, sloppy. Aaron Rodgers uh, definitely needs to check that ego, man. Tuck that ball. Seriously. Um, you see, I, I don't agree with that at all, Joe. He looked like the, shit. The ego, he he looked, got stripped three times. I think he needs to check the ego on the third and one trying to, trying to throw a fade because they brought in Alexander, a rookie out of Clemson, and he just threw a fade to Jordy Nelson. I don't think that the timing back. Ben Roethlisberger ain't dropping that about, ball. <laughs> if you're talking about in the pack and those fumbles, his line's got to protect him more because the way they weren't able to score that touchdown. He rushed on a third and goal from the 11-yard line. He rushed in almost untouched until he got hit in the end zone. Look at him defending. That's the Ely. man crush. I think he has a problem. And he has the same problem with Trey Wayne's has gotten abused all night. And then Rodgers decides to just throw a back shoulder fade to Adams instead of actually trying to make a play on third and 10 or tuck it and run there. But the strips, that's just going to happen with Rodgers. You got to take that or leave it. Well, you got to hold on to the football. I think well, the I can't, I can't, I can't just, just sit there and take that, a though. sack. He's running in the open. He's past the line of scrimmage. Oh, he's, on he's that 20-yard game, yeah, he needs to cover up there. Yeah, but they got that fumble back, so that really didn't even hurt him. Wow. Yeah, but we could have it could have gone the other way though. I yeah, think any time anytime a player fumbles the ball, it's not good, whether you recovered or not. Yeah, That's I, true. I couldn't agree more. They did though. actually throw out the stat in the game that fifty percent of covers are or fumbles are actually recovered by the offense, which is pretty cool. I didn't know that going into the game. I mean, yeah, he's got to have better. He's a quarterback. He's not, no quarterback has good hands with the ball. Well, the one that I saw that stood out to me, it's not the one where he was running and they regained. It's the one they didn't. I think it was towards the end of the game, the one that mattered the most. He was just standing there. Cocky as can be, and I go. You got to have confidence in your old line. We can talk about that, but man, the guy—he didn't even—it's not. It wasn't even a tackle. Yeah. He just tomahawked. He just slapped it out <laughs> I of his hand. Yeah, that guy, doesn't happen. He to top came 10 from quarterbacks. his blind side, though. You're supposed to when you're a quarterback and you're standing in the pocket. You have to have faith that your blind side is protected. You can only see what's coming at you. He had no idea that guy's behind you. If you want to see us hit better clock and get the ball out, I totally understand that. But the Packers can't win if he's going to go back there, drop back in three seconds. If it's not done, throw it away like most quarterbacks in the league. But if you see their so a strong quarterback predicated on Rodgers, is all I'm saying. Their offense is literally predicated on Rodgers escaping the pocket and making throws like he did to Devontae Adams to get the pass interference down to the one, or when he did the rollout to hit a wide open Jordy Nelson. That's what their offense is predicated upon. He has to have faith that his backside isn't going to get blown up. Well, yeah, the offense is also anytime your quarterback gets touches on, on your offensive line. You can talk over me all you want. You want to just do the show yourself? Not really. Packer talk, Jerry one hundred and one. The one in the open field, I'll give you guys. But other than that, none of those fumbles were his fault. The last pick's his fault. If you want to blame him for that. Hey, it's your world, Jay. Check into that fade. That was his fault. And Jordan Nelson on third and one. And then freaking, I don't know how you throw it on third and one. Then try to run up the middle of Starks when your run game hasn't done shit all day. And you got Lacey's fat ass sit on the bench. He hasn't lost a goddamn pound. But overall, the season's still in front of us. Well, speaking of in front of you. All right, so they both lost. Okay, so all the, all the joking aside. All the bullshit, and they both lost, and they, we got a game coming up in Lambeau this week. Oh, we got we? a game. Both coming off, they got some questions to answer, and they're going to play each other in another rivalry game in the division. What's going to happen with that, Tony? That's that's this coming week? Yeah. Yeah, week yep. three, Lambeau. Oh, yeah. I'll be off that day, too. Get your popcorn ready. I mean, the... <laughs> Get your cameras ready. It's coming. <laughs> a few years ago... I know, and it was several years there for a while. It was like the second to last week of the last week of the season, it seemed. That was the away game in Lambeau for the Lions. In the dead of the winter, in the frigid cold, in Green Bay. This year, 
We got him third weekend in September. That to me wow, is a plus. you got a you know painfully good grasp on the incredibly obvious there, Tony. I'm just saying he's making a point. Let him go. I'm just saying the Lions are a dome team. So, therefore, if we're going to be playing in warm weather, I think it gives us a better chance. But at the same time, there's a lot of questions about our linebacking core right now. Who's going to be healthy? Who's going to be able to play? Ziggy Ansah is probably going to miss a few weeks with a high ankle sprain. Our defense, which gave up all those points to the Colts, could easily come out and give up all those points to the Packers. And then we're looking at a Packers team that gave up a lot to the Jags, but didn't give up a lot to Minnesota. So to me, I'm also questioning theirs defense. So this could easily turn into an offensive shootout. I think so. I think so too, because there's going to be, because look, when they play, you talk about Minnesota, there's, they have no questions to answer as far as defense goes, but offensively, I mean, besides the injury, Peterson sucked even before that this year, and people are questioning whether he'll be the same or not. I mean, they got the quarterback thing. I'm not sold on all that after the, after the Bridgewater going down. The offense is thing. But the Jags d- did present some kind of offensive talent, so it's kind of hard to make that judgment of who's going to have a good offense. The Lions, you can't really argue. They, they're going to come out, and they're going to be able to move the football. I, I can guarantee you that. It's just a matter of their defense and the Packers' defense. And uh, Rodgers is going to have something to prove. He could come out and, like Joe mentioned, that ego. He could come out there and try to get that, regain that ego and, uh, and maybe overdo it. And that's what we're hoping for. But I, we got to see what happens with the, with the roster and the depth chart and what's going to be going on with this defense, man. Because we got to have at least – if we can at least have a, a fielded defense, fill up something in that linebacking area, um, you know, we got a, a stable of defensive linemen. I don't think our secondaries well, – I'm not going to say that they're amazing, but I think they'll play better. And we'll see. But uh, both teams got questions to answer yeah. and something to prove. I think the Lions are, are going to be okay. Speaking well, of- overall, overall, I think what happened uh, on Sunday night is, you know, Minnesota, f- first big home game, uh, division game, new house, uh, a lot of fans, packed house, you know, a lot of energy. I think the fans helped them out a little bit with that one there. Oh, it, it, got, to pretty close game. it got to Rogers. It got to Rogers, that's for sure. You, you know, and, Green, and honestly, Green, it should have been a tie game. Green Bay had a, you know, that was a bad coaching call uh, on, on a fourth and one there. And so it, it could have been a tie game. And so even in a very hostile environment, Green, Green Bay had a, a chance to win that game. So I think coming home now, finally to Lambeau, uh, Detroit's a little beat up. Detroit's a little beat up. I, th- I think the Packers are going to have a, a much uh, much bigger advantage coming in this game, especially without Ziggy, man. Without, without Ziggy Ansa. Uh, the pass rush is going to suffer a bit. I, I know they got some. They got some D linemen over there, but man, when you when you lose a guy like that, it's well, yeah, tough to get to him. And the the linebackers, you know, you, you got one week. You, you got one week. They're pros. I get it, but you got one week. And the Packers, I think, are, are a little bit more healthy right now. Yeah, we're losing top five. Ziggy's a top yeah, five no, killer. Levy's a killer, and we're losing those guys. I mean, I hope Levy can make it way back, but he's just such a such a red flag. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but. Yeah, I wish we did know. That sucks about Ziggy, honestly. Ziggy's what is a top five pass rush in the league. It's actually pretty cool how he's developed. I didn't think he was when he got picked, and he really didn't even know how to play football, but he's pretty damn good now. It's actually great. But uh, for, as far as Raj, the Packers did look sloppy. I mean, I was trying to sugarcoat it because Frank was coming at me pretty hard, but they need to stop with this whole, like, Rodgers does have a little bit of an ego problem with these fucking stupid-ass phases that he used to be able you to think? throw. And him and Nelson clearly aren't on the same page at coming back. He didn't play once in the preseason. And, like, the early season blunders, you can tell him this homestand's going to be great for him because they're going to get to stay at home. They're going to sleep at home. And they're going to start just fucking running routes. 
and they're going to come back and form, and I think this is the exact secondary they need to do it because Andrew Luck shredded them pretty good. I think the tight ends are going to get involved for the first time here in a long time. But if they can't get a running game going, it's going to be hard on Rodgers, you know? They won't be. They're going to have a lot tougher time with getting a running game going than they will a pass. And as back. far as freaking Sam Bradford threw for like three hundred yards, that's great. But Stephon Diggs went absolutely off. That guy's playing like an absolute man. There's yeah. no way on the Lions that nearly can match his skills. Well, one thing I was going to say about the Stephon Diggs thing is when Frank brought up secondary, is you have Green Bay's defense, which against Minnesota was down Sam Shields, and being down Sam Shields, your top corner is clearly going to affect who's covering who which then allowed Stephon Diggs to have a great game because instead of being matched up on Sam Shields, he's matched up on the number two corner. And uh, Shields is out because he's in the concussion protocol. So this is one of those things now where it turns into probably a game-time decision whether or not you have Sam Shields on the field probably to match up with Marvin Jones. Yeah, I just, I mean... The the Green Bay defense, I mean, Jerry knows their knows their players better, but I just ha- see them having a hard time. It's not it's not like the Lions have a Megatron anymore. We know, but they got a lot of people to spread that ball to, man. And I just don't know if they're going to have enough people to cut Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, Abdullah. If he comes back, you got Riddick flying around from either taking carries or coming out of the backfield. Ebron, despite all the jokes from the last two seasons, I mean, he looks good. He looks good. And um, Bolden on third down, there was some key drops. That's another thing that we missed on the Lion thing. Is there were some key drops by Marvin Jones in particular. Bolden dropped a few. We had, I think, eight or Ebron nine. Ebron dropped a few as Ebron, well. yeah, I think we had either eight or even in the teens of drops last week, which were some of them were more crucial than others, obviously. But dropping the ball. But uh, if they're on point with their catches, there's just so many people to spread the ball to. And I, uh, the way that Packer defense looked, Minnesota might have a more high-profile talent singular Approach wise, but as far as spreading the ball around, there's no way. As far as spread, the the backs, the backs don't really concern me because they pretty much didn't do anything throwing to the backs in any of the games that the Packers have played so far. What concerns me is Allen Robinson went off, Stephon Diggs went off. So down the stretch, it's number one receivers that's going to concern me. Golden Tate doesn't concern me. Well, let's match them up. I'll, go, right, I'll, I'll say a name. I'll say a name. You say a name. How about that? Well, you know their players. If, if Sam Shields is going to play. Then we, I, well, okay. we say, well, assume he is. Let's it's assume concussion that he is. protocol. We don't know yet. Let's okay, assume let's that go. he is because that's a joke, anyways. That whole right. concussion protocol. Okay, we'll say Golden Tate, Sam Shields, win. Marvin Packers. Jones, uh, Quentin Rollins, or Demarius Randall. Probably Demarius Randall. That's a toss up. Bolden, Bolden is Quentin Rollins. That's going to be a win for the pack. I don't. You keep saying I don't like the or Micah terminology Hyde, of saying win, but. I'm saying one-on-one who I would take. What linebackers going to be covering Riddick out of the backfield? Probably Blake Martinez or Abdullah. Jay Bryan. And Jay Ryan's Split backs, Abdullah. If they're going with Abdullah, it's going to be Micah Hyde coming in at like a nickel corner or like a safety. So they got an answer for everything then, huh? I'm saying, yeah, if they're going man-on-man, they, what are they going to do? cover somebody? Ebron. Ebron's probably going to be Blake Martinez or Jake Ryan. Okay, no one knows them. Jake Ryan went to Michigan. We know him. But... Blake Martinez. Well, if, if, he, if he streaks up the middle, then it'd be ha-ha Clinton Dix. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I've been hearing all these yeah. names for years, you know This though. is good. I'm glad we got here. Dom Caper's damn defense is so goddamn soft. I'm not saying they're necessarily going to struggle with the Lions, but anytime it's like a third and 14, his blitzes doesn't hit home, and then on the next third and 14, he'll rush three, and they sit down in the soft zones, and they always complete it. If the Packers don't win the division this year and at least make the 
conference finals. Dom Capers has to go. I'm saying it right now. It's time for him to go. I'm trying to defend him here because Frank's coming at me. But in reality, I'm not coming at you. I'm just, I'm just giving you magic. Reality, I mean, honestly, Gerard, you're, I mean, Gerard, Gerard is kind of right. I mean, the secondary for the Packers is is a good secondary by name on paper. It's a good group of, of players yeah. in the in the Packers secondary. We've been the hearing these names for years, though. Two of them are second year players. And Lord, I've, two been or third Shields, I've been hearing Shields since the 2010 Shields Super Bowl. Shields is the Bowl. boss. He didn't play last week. Stephon Diggs would have been covered a lot better if Shields was out there. He's way faster than anybody else the Packers have in the secondary. This well, was like, I mean, you can play paper, that game all you if want. If we're playing the matchup man on man, I like, had Levy. I like the Packers defense. Like Joe was the point he was trying to allude to, and I'm glad he put it here because I was getting frustrated. I couldn't think of what I was trying to say. On paper, one-on-one, I like the Packers defense, but the way Dom Capers calls it can really piss me off sometimes. And surprisingly, they're still ranked number one in rushing, like I said earlier. So I think that's a big win for him going against the Lions because you know what they're going to have to do. Well, the Lions' rushing game has been no joke. I think we can all agree on that. It's been there's been no joke with that. They've been pretty effective running the football. This is what I'm saying. So they're going to shut that down and force in the pass. Oh, they are. Well, I mean, they're number okay. one. I'll, all right, Jacksonville and Minnesota and Adrian Peterson died. So I mean, let's take it easy. Yeah, who killed Adrian Peterson? Dude, Whoa. He was, he didn't even play. Whoa. He's my running back in fantasy. You don't he think I missed the body? He didn't even do good in week one, though. Like, I mean, like, he, what are you saying? He's to quit disciplining his kids. I'm so saying much. they're ranked number one in rushing defense right now. That's okay, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hang on to that for too long. He's, you can have that spending, for now, but I, he's I, spending I more time with a switch than he is a barbell. Guarantee you, this week that stat will not play. That will not play. And yeah, he's a monster for beating his kid. Who cares? <laughs> he is a monster, and I care a little bit. But he's still drafted in fantasy. So okay, we'll make the. We'll, we already said presented our points, and I guess we'll just have to make the picks now. I. I yeah, let's go around the table. You can go first, Frank. Okay. Um, I'm Frank's going to take the Lions. Jerry's going to take the Packers. All right, now let's move on. I got, I got reasons. I'm being fair. Let's give two reasons why I think th- we think they're going to win this week since it's a nice division. I was going to do that. I was going to do that. So, All right, Frank, you're up. Let's I'm go. taking the Lions, and the two reasons being one, Stafford's got something to prove, and I disagree with the matchup as far as the Packers' defense versus Lions' offense. I think the Lions' offense, if it comes to a shootout, which it very well could, offensively they will be better than uh, the Packers' secondary. And I also think they'll be able to run the ball. And secondly, I think that we'll get a little bit back injury-wise on defense, um, hopefully more than just a little bit. But either way, I think that the depth of our defense and the grit and the uh, energy level and the intensity of the defense is going to step up three notches, and our defense is going to surprise people despite the injuries. And so basically my two reasons are offense and defense, and that's what wins football games. Lions are going to win by six. It's a hot take. Tony, to you? Uh, I mean, I was kind of looking at the pros and cons of this for either team. I mean, the pros for Green Bay are home opener, not as banged up as the Lions, the cons for Green Bay, the pros for the Lions, are the fact that the play calling for Green Bay has been very questionable, both offensively and defensively, I think. Yeah, I can agree with that. But at the same time, that's one pro for the Lions, two for Green Bay. I'm going to say Green Bay wins it by three points. All right, out in Seattle, Joe? So uh, I, I look at it as uh, you know, beginning of the season – once again, I think the Green Bay was in a pretty hostile environment uh, for, for two straight weeks. Um, coming home, a lot of energy, a lot, lot, uh, lot of focus, 
you know, they're they're going to kind of challenge themselves this week and, and get ready to go. Uh, Lions are, are awfully banged up if if, uh, if they come in in the same shape they left against Tennessee. And so I'm going to go ahead and take Green Bay by uh, 17. Jesus. Uh, that's a big one, Joe. I would like to throw at least one of our teams is going to win this week. So th- that's positive in the pros. That's one positive in the pros and cons. I think that yeah, – uh, it wasn't a joke. One of our teams is actually going to win this week. But uh, the Packers are coming home. They're great at Lambeau. It's a big advantage. Uh, two reasons. Rodgers finally gets on track. And I think we see some life in the running game. I think this is going to be reminiscent of the Week 17 game for the division where Sue stomped on Rodgers' leg, where the Packers really get like get motivated and get it rolling. And if we don't see some offensive change, because I've dealt with, you know, besides the Redskins game and a blip on the radar one or two games last year it's been about 18 games of the Packers offense being very you know underperforming I'm getting sick of it with Rodgers back there quarterback he's very conservative too he he, you know he's quarterback Joe Cool and they used to have Charles Woodson to be the leader on the team and I think he brought the players up where Rodgers his calmness works with a leader like when Charles Woodson was there now without the Woodson opposing his Joe Cool what the hell is this what what is this I'm saying you making a pick or what the Packers are going to win by 13 points, 23 to 10. The Lions are going to get a late touchdown to make it 23 to 10. But if the Packers' offense doesn't turn around soon, we're going to have to see some big changes in Green Bay in the offseason. Jeez, ESPN classic over here. Breaking it down. Yeah, I was going to say. So I mean, the run game comes back, and Rodgers passes for 357 yards with two touchdowns. Oh, my God. Are I we, think we all kind of agreed, though, on our picks that the biggest – question mark for green bay going into this is their play calling and rogers ego it's just some of it is just it's rogers checks in the line more than it is i mean the plays might be in it's like he's not seeing people he overthrew a couple routes it's early in the season people they don't take the preseason very seriously up in green bay because they're golfing they're gonna get together gonna lock it in all right can i say one more thing though this is not a cheap shot at you before we move on it I sounds was, like a cheap shot. Right. It sounds like it's already a cheap shot. Know, like a that. Cheap it's kind of like saying, look, "Hey, I'm about to take a cheap shot." But go ahead. Look, I'm not going to say <laughs> I'm not going to say Stafford's been a, a saint, and because he, he sure hasn't. He threw that pick and it ended the game last week against the Titans. But get, if, throughout the last two weeks, I see him yelling at his receivers. I see him showing intensity. Something we haven't seen as much out of him. I watched a good amount of that Packers Vikings game as much as I could. And, you know, there was these third downs where uh, Rodgers skips it out of bounds and just trots off the field, and he doesn't seem to have that care where he was doing the belt, and he doesn't seem to have uh, that passion and enthusiasm of years past if we're going down the classic First route. First of all, I didn't see much fire. He he threw the belt in game one when he run, ran for a <clears> touchdown, and I liked that. And the only fire I saw was when they hit him in the end zone. I thought it was going to be a turning point in the season when they hit Rodgers when he's already past the goal line. I hope they use that as motivation keep it going. But there's a difference when you're a, a young team trying to claw up and a, when you're a veteran-led team that's already won a Super Bowl, you know what I mean? No. Okay. Do you want me to break it down? <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I just, he doesn't understand the Packers, because the Lions haven't been to a Super Bowl The Packers Bowl know how to win, it and they know what they need to do to win, and they know... Whose side are you on? When they're making mistakes, they realize how to fix them. The Lions are... The Packers were yelling at each other all the time back in 2010 when they won the title. But now, it's a little bit different. You know, you mature with age, you stop yelling as much, and you just kind of... You figure out what you got to do to win. I, I think you're misconstruing why I said yelling at each other. I was, Stafford only yelled at someone just to make sure they went down or went out of bounds. I'm just talking about overall enthusiasm and posture and demeanor. That's what I was going at. Yeah, and Rodgers doesn't seem to care. That's all I'm saying. It's just my. We'll see. 
We'll see this week. That's, we my, last, that's my last point. I, I'm not worried about I'm it. A, I'm alone on the Lions, people out there. So, you know, dial in on Twitter, Facebook, Hold and support us. by halftime so I can make it to the golf course. Wow. Jesus. Okay, so let's talk college. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think, <laughs> we, <laughs> I think we beat that dead horse enough. Yeah, let's uh, talk about college. If I had a better singing voice, the so, MSU fight sound would be going right now. I think it's only right. Oh, hell. I think it's only right that we start off with the game that's was the most polarizing on this show in particular, which was the Spartans um, going to Notre Dame at night. Under uh, the lights. On the 10-year reunion Jesus. Of, uh, of that devastating comeback that Notre Dame presented. Um, Joe, since you were the, the one who came out on the bottom, you go ahead and give your take. Young, young team in Notre Dame right now. Uh don't hold yeah, back hey, either. You can't you can't fall asleep. You can't fall asleep in the middle of the game and let a team run right up the middle. Um, you know, about four straight times the end zone. I mean, you, you do that, and then all of a sudden, you know, at the end of the third quarter, you're, you're going to mount a comeback uh, to get within a touchdown at, or what is it, eight points, seven, seven points. Uh, you just you just can't fall asleep in the game. And then they did the same thing against Texas in game one. They they fell asleep for a little bit, got down about uh, uh, 15, 17 points there to, to Texas. And uh, and they mounted a comeback, only got up by a little bit, and then they end up having a force overtime and lost. So it's like, it, it, it both games, it's too little, too late. You know what I mean? Um, the talents there, the, the talents there, it's just the maturity isn't. And I think, uh, I think I, I definitely, I will say this, I definitely underestimated State, uh, a team that went to the playoff last year. That team is definitely still for real. Um, they they got a system, man. And they, they fucking live by it. They breathe by it. And D'Antonio's got that fucking train going. So all I can say is this. When it when it comes time for uh, – when, when's the game? October 29th, October 30th? I'll be there with, with um, you. Yeah, that's going to be a doozy. I, I think, think that's going to be a lot, lot tougher for Michigan than I thought to be uh, prior to the year starting. And, and it's an East Lansing. Uh, but East not, not, Lansing. To, not to go down a rabbit hole. But, hey, I, honestly, man, I think Notre Dame still has a good chance for a good winning season, a good bowl game. But not uh, obviously not what I'd hoped for. Well, that was a very politically correct and wonderful answer. It sounds like you got your demons out over the weekend because that, like, just like I did with the Lions. So that's that's good. I mean, I mean it's it like what can you air. say? I mean, it's not it's not like yeah. there's any bullshit calls or anything. It wasn't like there's any like controversy. Notre Dame just fell the fuck asleep and let let guys run over them. And they started making stops, and then who knows what the fucking third and ten call was. When uh, they decide to leave a guy wide fuck open on the sidelines, you know what I mean? It's like who, you know, who? There's no one else to blame. <laughs> I only have two I mean? things to say, and then you go because this isn't my business. This is not my business until Jerry makes it that later on in the show. But two things, and I'm <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you didn't say these, Joe, because it would just be excuse theater for you. And you're you're a pro. You don't do that. I like the way you presented your answer. But if I were you, and Notre Dame was my team, which they never would be, I would uh, I would have at least touched upon the depleted secondary. And I would also have said that, dude, Brian Kelly got yeah. to go. Brian Kelly's got to go. So I would have said those two things. And that's all I have to say on the issue until Man, Jerry makes it. depleted secondary all you want. Listen, that guy was standing there. He was not running a route. He was standing there with no one within 15 fucking yards of him. Well, to he was supposed to be that, that ball was wobbling in the air. No one even touched O'Connor. And he threw a wobbly dead duck no, he didn't throw to it. this guy with 15. No one, he no one threw even a around him. bullet out of nine. That's why he was standing there oh wide open. God. It was a it was bullet. bullet. It's just, if he would have lofted it that, if he would have put some air underneath that, that was a touchdown. He was gone. The cornerback 
bit in on a seam route. If you would watch the replay, obviously you probably didn't because you were so upset. The quarterback bit in on a seam route. <laughs> oh god! And that's what they did. And it's poor coaching. If you want to know where it is, and that it's not. They're well, that's what I was a, getting at. They were saying you it was a young, tried to defend a, a throw for it, some it reason. It wasn't a lame for, duck. For no reason at all. You decided to he threw some throw. ducks that night, but that wasn't one of them. That was a fucking dart. Don't throw salt. Just just shut up. Go ahead, Joe. Anyways, uh, but yeah, it, it is coaching. I think uh, that the young the young secondary doesn't help, uh, but at the same time, it, it is coaching. I mean, you got to have a fucking. Does Brian base. Kelly have to go? Am I wrong for saying that? Or I mean, uh, is it, maybe, is it maybe enough not is enough. Brian Kelly, but maybe, maybe a Papa coordinator uh, Brian Van Gorder. Yeah, that's always the, that's always the first step because with high profile coaches like Brian Kelly, you got to start popping I mean, I, people I underneath. I can't, but. I can't say Brian Kelly has to go. I mean, we got to a national championship with him. Bro, he's got last... an offensive mind, and he was down thirty eight to six. I mean, like the whole thing that the, Fart, the Spartans, the Spartans feared was that Brian Kelly might have their number going into the game. That was the whole thing. Was the whole Brian Kelly offensive mind? That was the number one fear going in for most Spartans fans. And and it was thirty eight to six. My fear was the scoreboard wasn't going to go up to three digits. Jerry, you can you can you can you puff your chest out all you want after a win. I do it too. But I mean, you got to admit, Brian Kelly's supposed yeah, to be this offensive the last, guy. We lost the last three games to him. It was. I think he's got to go. But I mean, I guess you got to start from the bottom a little bit and start whacking people. I think like, to but. say Brian Kelly has to go is a little bit drastic because Notre Dame really does. We we were talking about how they recruit, you know, less than desirable. It's not my team. They have higher stand. They. Although their standards in recruiting have dropped, their standards when they get there are People rough. thought they were going to go to the playoff. Now they've just lost two, two before the season's even started. It's over. I think that Notre Dame fans every year think they're going to the playoffs, and that's where I think the expectation well, has to change. Notre Dame isn't in the same category as your Bamas and your Michigan's Ohio States. And, yeah. Specifically, Alabama and Ohio State of course, have Michigan. a shot at the playoff every year. Those two teams do, and other than that, the other two spots are well, up now that grabs. Michigan's got the torch. Yeah. Michigan is not an every-year team and will not be well, they're getting as the long torch. as Michigan State still has a football program. Let's just get that through its calls right now. But what I'm saying is, mm, no. like, Notre Dame's going to have to catch lightning in a bottle like they did that year with Monte Teo to go to the national championship. That's just how it's going to have to be. What Notre Dame should be looking for is to get to 10, maybe 11 wins every season and then have your random good year when you have the great quarterback, like if they have a Jameis Winston-type talent, a Marcus Mariota-type talent. But I, I think you guys are being too easy on as, Brian Kelly, man. I, I just think it's, it really is a little bit harder to coach there. And I, I'm I'm not saying Brian Kelly's the answer, but I'm saying it's too early to fire him when he made a national championship. That's a little, you know, upsetting. Yeah, I'm yeah, blown I, I out. Thought, I thought Notre Dame also did pretty well last year, all things considered, because they they had a lot of talent go down to injury. Joe, uh, by the time we got man. to Clemson, we, we had man, about Joe. four or five pretty good players down. You're a good and man. And I thought Clemson was pretty healthy. You're loyal to your so. team. I like that. That's good. But I mean, Clemson went to the national championship. You know, and we, we lost sure. a pretty close game to Clemson. Sure. So, I mean, last, last year we had a pretty good year. Um, and then we also lost a heartbreaker to Stanford. And Stanford's always, you know, for the last five or six years, have always been a very good team. And by that time, we were we were depleted. And then by the time we played Ohio <laughs> State, three of our players got kicked off the uh, kicked out of that game. And then we lost Jalen Smith in the first quarter. So, it's like... I, I I feel like if someone on this show th- murdered someone and we just go to Joe, he would defend us until the very end. You know, that's why I love him. <laughs> he would just defend it's us to the end. There's just no way in hell we would be guilty ever, <laughs> ever. I love you, Joe, and that's beautiful. I mean, it's not, it's not like I, they aren't I think it's a realistic thing. Like, they, you got to play, but I mean, it's it helps if you have all hands on deck, man. Yeah, I'm, you know? I'm not. Season's I don't over. mean this as an insult to Joe, but the days of Notre Dame as a blue blood are kind of over. As a brand, they have way more branding than other team in college football. 
way more than Bama, Ohio State, High combined. Worldwide, they have more fans than anybody. That will always be there. But in terms of being a powerhouse, it's pretty much over for them. Their campus isn't in a desirable location. They can't have girls in their dorms. They have, like, a curfew. They take calculus as freshmen. There are some challenges at Notre Dame. And the fact that Brian Kelly gets them to 9, 10 wins is actually kind of incredible. I mean, there's kids that grow up and want to play at Notre Dame, but there's a lot of kids that don't make it in the program and have to leave. Okay. So, do all right, now that that's out of the way, do your little – do your dance. Do oh, your routine about I, Michigan I State. What does this win mean for the almighty beast Lansing Spartans? Well, well, before all we it means that, is that we're 2-0. That's all it means. And before we get to that, I do want to point out one thing to our listeners. Despite all of Jerry's swagger and bravado about Michigan State, and I don't know if the scoreboard is going to hit reach triple digits. Pucker! Blah, 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 blah. Pucker! In their group chat, while the game was going on, he was probably... The most pessimistic person about Michigan State's chances. Yeah, I wish there you could is. Those, but yeah, well, you know, a dozen in the hands better than a bush in the basket, Tony. And he was also pretty intact. Thankfully, sure. all right. I got a couple things to say about the game, and then I've been working on this. I've, Look at him. He's like he's got his nose I got, up. I got, like a hurt, I got a hurt leg, so I had a lot of time to think after the game. I didn't go out and party with the rest of my Spartans. I sat home and I, I came up with the theory. There are none around And I think here. it is a good theory. But I first <laughs> like to talk about the game. Beginning of the game, they had a kickoff. Called back for a flag. Horrible for Notre Dame. I believe Deshaun Kaiser rushed for like 22 yards, maybe 32. He had 14 on the touchdown run. But in college, they take the rushing yards off for sacks. So I'm not exactly sure how many positive runs he had. But what I think the difference was was how state hits and how, in general, the Big Ten hits. They wrap up. They go to the ground. You don't even really see it in the pros. Like some of those hits Deshaun Kaiser was taking, he was getting pissed off. That's state's motto is like to finish every hit. That's what they do. It, it, when they pull the Big Ten players, everybody says the least favorite team to play is the Spartans. Not necessarily because they're dirty, but because like when you're on the ground, they'll just keep jumping on you and like punch you when you're there, which actually is a little bit dirty. <laughs> they're not dirty, but, but they're it, dirty. And it worked to the point that they're up 36-7. And at that point, this is where the theory comes in. D'Antonio said, oh, we got freaking maybe 22 minutes of football left here. The chance of them coming back are maybe like 2% tops. That's it. We're going shell defense, 4-3, cover 4 they didn't run any kind of blitzes. They ran some blitzes, but they were very simple, like overstorm blitzes, just bringing two linebackers. And they never went to that. You know what formation I'm talking about if you watch the game where they had on third and longs, they'd go to three down linemen. Chris Frey would come down as like a rush end and then run two linebackers. So it was almost like a 4-2-5, but Frey was standing up. So it's more like a 3-3 over. You know what I mean? The only time we saw that again in the game was on the third and two where Raquan Williams got the sack. And on that play, it's something I've never seen State do. Chris Frey dropped back and played a safety rover role, which I've never seen before. And I think the theory, I think that D'Antonio's okay with just winning. When you see the Furman games, you see he never covers the spread early. He literally just wants to win the game and get on because he knows if they win each and every game, they'll make the playoff regardless of style points, and that's not his thing. I'm not saying they could have ran up the score, but on third and six, when they had second and six and they're bringing Damian Terry, I think that's a bad call. I think that's them just purposely saying, we'll just see if this play works. We're never going to run in a serious situation. Well, I mean, there's been a that's, lot of complaints from Spartans fans about some of their offensive coordinators' decisions on play calling. Yeah, there was no complaints when they are up 36-7. to 7. What I'm saying is, I think when they get up that high, they say, this is it. We're going to run nothing. They have it. Only plays that they've seen before. Their playbook shrinks from about 60 pages to four. They run power. They run an option with Damian Terry. And then when they drop back to pass, the guy's told to duck and run as soon as you can. You make, a, defense, you make a compelling case, man, but I just had a hard time yeah. buying that. That's, <laughs> I, I'm not buying what you're selling on that. I don't think a coach in his mind says there's a 2% look, chance look, they're going to win this. They're going to shrink the playbook down. 
I just don't then, buy it. Then why didn't they run more plays? I don't know. I, I think that speaks That's, to I think that speaks to the coordinator that Tony just referenced the, to. The simplest explanation has it. These were running all kinds of weird shit. They were running reverse. Well, they needed to get that uh, the last first down that were to, to end the game with R.J. Shelton. That was the first time we saw the reverse right. since the touchdown two quarters before. Right. I'm not letting you get away with this. So I'm just gonna def- I'm gonna play the other side. So you just said a bunch of fancy words. You dropped a bunch of play calls. You, good education by you. It sounded very well. However, I think that's a fancy way of saying your team was up a shitload and you blew a big lead and you only won by a touchdown. Okay. So say what you want. You won the game. You're two and zero. That's all that matters. What you said, but you were up by a lot and you won by a little. Just I mean, like Michigan, they, which we'll get into. We they went were in down Notre by Dame a lot on the road in South Bend, which is a hard place to play. Number right. eighteen in the country, and okay. we won. There's your resume for the game. Yes, I already gave you props for that, but you just went on and said these things about the, going vanilla and the, the, you guys always seem look to bring at the that defense. Back. Okay, here's for example, you have Josh King, the number one player out of Illinois, sitting on the bench, and you have another person and they're red shirting them the defensive line was so tired they played offensive linemen instead of burning red shirts for defensive players because they didn't want to come in for one or two plays and maybe not play for the rest of the season if you don't tell me that that's not going manila and just saying fuck it we have this game one we just need to get the hell out of here i don't know where it is i think maybe you're there's playing somewhere... a tight end there's a, somewhere a in the end. middle gerard they played a tight end it's somewhere in the middle who doesn't get a lot of offensive playing time because he can't block at d end and I think they're just said like, but this don't you is think it. after like the first or the second touchdown when, when they started to mount a little bit of a comeback that goes out the window? Once it was within eight points, they didn't come into our side of the field again. That wasn't like the end of the happened. Well, how many possessions would that be? Like two? They only had one possession because then our offense went out and hit a streak, and that was the first time we passed since we were thirty-six to seven. I like your stance. I think your argument's a little flawed, but I'm afraid it's Frank. the only argument I can have. Well, and it's I flawed. I was going to say. I mean, we see Michigan State do this a lot, but not just Michigan State. There's a lot of college programs that do this where, and even some pro teams where you get up by a huge chunk and you go, okay, now instead of play, taking risks where they can easily bite us, let's play. Ben don't a, break. Right? Yeah. Let's play a soft defense. Keep the play in front of us. Tackle them in bounds. Keep the clock running because the clock's on our side now. When we got the ball on offense, run it between the tackles. Go, I agree with all running. of that. I agree with and, that. I mean, here's the thing. We criticize teams when it gets close like that, but at the same time, they're still winning. But the biggest issue I have with that is when you see coaches that do this, and it seems like when they get in that mode, they can't get out of that mode, which Michigan State has shown that they can come out of that, uh, let's just try not to lose this game mode and go into let's win this thing right now mode, where a lot of teams, you it seems like, Mentally, they just can't flip that switch back on. Right. And then you see the team lose, and then the coaches are heavily criticized for it. Okay, so I get all that. And you talk, there's a, all these different modes that you're talking about. I just think that, it's, I mean, you can flex all you want. You won the game on the road against adversity, all that stuff. But when you're up that big, that late, you shouldn't just only win by a touchdown. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I don't care what mode you go in. It yeah, shouldn't they, have been that what close. What I'm saying is they didn't need any more points. And State does this all the time. And the only ex- That's explanation great. That's I come up I with can't say anything is else. that D'Antonio literally, I don't think it's on the coordinator at this point. Because the coordinator up until that point when they were up 36-7, both coordinators had called the perfect game, in my opinion. And I think even Joe would agree with that as far as State's play calling goes. With the going for two to make sure they were up so they're always up eight throughout the game. I think a lot of it had to do with Notre Dame mistakes, too. I don't know about perfection. On yeah, the, the, the punt hitting guys' punt hitting guys foot is definitely the turning point in the game, and that's unfortunate. But then Rischke has a pick. Rischke forces a fumble. Rischke's pick led to a touchdown right. That was what led to R.J. Shelton's before halftime, I believe, or coming out that led to uh, 
Joe hasn't said anything on this, so I, I was. You guys are arguing about the ebbs and flows of the Michigan State game. I just made one simple point, man. Here's the the deal, man. Like, like I said before, you just you just can't fall asleep in a game. I mean, state state got you know they had the clock on their side. If 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 Notre Dame uh, has more clock and they they stop them after that streak that they threw, uh, and they get the ball back, maybe they got a few plays to uh, to go down and score. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Both teams, you know, mounted uh, mounted pretty good attacks for a little while. It's just State played a better game uh, longer than Notre Dame did. Yep, and that's fair. I, if we were to play the if game, if Notre Dame hadn't completed a shitload of streaks, then it would have been the game probably would have been over with more points. I mean, it's State does this all the time. It has to be their game plan. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah, but I mean, like I was saying, a lot of teams do this. Frank, even your beloved Detroit Lions have done this. I was at a game at Ford Field a couple years ago against Chicago. They got up big, and then they only ended up winning by 10 points. People go, oh, that looks like it was a close game. But it wasn't. The Lions were blowing them out, and then just went and sat there, played prevent, gave up five, six yards completions every play, let Chicago just march down the field and score a couple times, and they cut what was a 30-point lead into a 10-point lead when the game ended. What what irks me about when this kind of thing happens, you have 36-7, you end up winning only by eight, is imagine the reverse scenario. Let's say State was down like 28 to 21 and with eight minutes to go they score they hit hit a big hitter they hit that big run they make it 28 28 they go for two because they're on the road Notre Dame doesn't see it coming somehow they get it they go up 29 Notre Dame comes that's when they throw the pick Rishi gets it then they throw the pass to Corley where he steals it from the guy they end up getting up 36 to 28 they make a big defensive stop they run out the clock then it's oh State's this great team look what they did but when you give up so many points in a row it's oh you're a horrible team like how could you do that you're about to run away with it it just really gets under my skin. A win's a win in the sense that all you have to do is win. You're going to go 11-1, get to the Big Ten Championship, win that, and you're in the playoff. I didn't catch much logic in that last one, but I like where your heart's at. You got a good, you're a good I'm just saying. I think I, I, see, I see what you're, you're saying. As long as State gets the Big Ten Championship and wins the Big Ten Championship, that's their in into the playoff. That, that's and our goal. the disadvantage Notre Dame has is they don't have a championship game that they could go into. Like There are teams with two losses – that could go to a big conference championship well, and possibly be considered for for the uh, the the playoff at this point. Yeah, yeah, I don't really see two losses getting in this year personally, <laughs> only because there's so maybe many. Maybe not this year. I'm just six, saying though, yeah, like yeah. a big conference. If you have two legitimate losses, but if somehow there's a two loss SEC champion, match. you're right. If there's a two loss SEC champion, most years they're going to get in. Just probably not this yeah. year because of the competitiveness. Yeah. Of Notre Dame will get in the Outback Bowl or something. Be okay. Cotton Bowl. Is that uh, all we got on the Notre Dame MSU stuff? Yeah, I think we can move on now. Well, wait, wait, wait we're going to, all right, yeah, we're going to Michigan, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. The boys in blue. Boys in blue, so. Versus Colorado, Peppers had a big day. You guys can break it down. I really don't have much to say about the game. Okay, so. Colorado blew it. I was tuned in hot and heavy for this one, and I was shell-shocked, I think, like everybody else, man. Um, you know, I think the basic Michigan fan going into the game was saying, all right, we had some, we had some cakewalks. This is going to be still a cakewalk, but. A little tougher cakewalk. Everyone was thinking that. So come out and boom, you know, Colorado comes out. And uh, next thing you know, within it seems like the blink of an eye, we're down 21-7. Easily could have been 28-7. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, you know, um, this quarterback's looking good. That white running back, was it Anderson? He looked all right. Or whatever his name was. And things weren't looking good for Michigan. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, they're number four. 
and they had some adversity to face. You got Peppers out there making a, making plays, returning kicks, blah, blah, blah. Ends up being a 45-28 win. So kind of opposite of what we were just talking about with Michigan State. Um, Michigan faced adversity and, uh, and came from the bottom and scratched their way up. They should have never been down, but they were. And it showed that looking going farther into the season, maybe that they're going to um, you know have the ability to play comeback if they have to. Hopefully they never do, but... I think it showed a lot for their team to face a little adversity against a bad team, and they shouldn't have should never been down, but they were, and they won by a lot. You know, you want to talk about a spin, Jackie Frank? That's your, oh, the opposite of state. Oh, yeah, the opposite because they beat a team that's not ranked, a team that might not have four wins all season. See, look how mad you're not on the road. Not the only thing I meant by that, literally, and if I was taking a shot at you, you'd know. You, you know. weren't taking a shot. No, the shot the is the opposite. opposite. You were up by a lot, and we were down by a lot to a bad team, is what I said, and we came back, and you almost blew it. That, that's a shot. See, that would be a shot. I wasn't going there. I mean, you sc- made it there. After they Can't scored, we talk about two Michigan? drives this is later, Michigan we segment. scored. This is Michigan and we never segment. trailed. There's no we. My- you don't get to say we in this segment because it's Michigan's turn. We, we already got the, the talk. Spartans took the lead and never gave it back. We didn't have to come back. And we were facing a way Man. harder team. See, they always got to invade. You know, you know why it pisses me off? Because I was listening to the radio, Joe. You don't get to hear this out in Seattle. I want listener land to hear He's this. He's got an iPhone. After the game, people were calling in a ticket <laughs> and they were. <laughs> They were saying that somehow Michigan's win versus Colorado is the best win of either of the two programs so far this season. They were, they were downplaying. They were saying Notre Dame is so bad, allegedly, that Michigan State beating them on the road under the lights. Seven-point underdogs, mind you. Well, I mean, somehow Notre Dame did a worse, lose that is, to it's, a Texas It's a team worse win than beating Colorado at home your last uh, so non-conference that game. Is, that is total dog shit. It's Notre, dog shit. Michigan what, State's win it was much better than Michigan. What were you listening to? Like the five at what? Like the guy at five thing. o'clock in the morning or something? It's like the producer show. One was from Western. One was from like Jerry's listening at like <laughs> three in the morning when freaking Dan Leach. Is it was like, like it was about twelve thirty at night when yeah. I was coming up with my theory. I was driving around coming up with my theory of how State always gets in the situation. Okay, can we get back to the task at hand? Yeah, so anyways, so Michigan is down here. a lot. They end up winning by a lot. Guys who looked good. Uh, Jerry turned his mic off. What a dick. Okay, so um, Jake Butts looking good. I'll tell you what scares me, though, and Tony, you can back me up on this. Uh, Quarterback play, man. Uh, Quarterback play has not been impressive, man. He was making some throws that were just god-awful. He was missing. I mean, yeah, when it comes to, like, those across routes to the tight end, Jake Butt, um, check downs to back, screens, easy throws, and then the guys make play. Like, he threw the one to, to Darbatron. Gets it to him, he fuck, he breaks it for what seventy yards. He did Darbotron. Darbotron. I've anointed him that name on this show, Darbotron. So oh the African, God. the African man. So, but the point being, he did all the work. He catches it right there, gets some space, creates some space. He's gone. Same thing with Peppers on the kick return, the line drive kick. Next thing you know, momentum touchdown. It's all good. The point is, all these sweet plays are by playmakers, and the playmaker ain't the quarterback. So that's going to have to step up in big, high-profile games, not against Colorado, and there's no sugarcoat in that. But the bottom line is they won. A win is a win. That's the big cliche that's going around this show today. A win's a win. They won by a lot. They were down by a lot. They faced adversity against a bad team. They won. Um, what can you say? Harbaugh, go blue. We're still on the train. You know, another win. Chalk it up. We're still on the undefeated train. We're still going to the top four, and we're still going to get a national title. Boom. Roasting. I don't know about the title, but who does Michigan you play really next? I think airspace, as I like to call him, because you guys have the Jordan uh, on your jersey, is going to take you to a national championship. I think our playmakers will, and I think he'll improve. Joe, to answer your question, next up for Michigan is Penn State. 
Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, you guys won that one. That's my pick. Michigan wins against Penn State. Big, big mystery. Big, big shocker there. Yeah, it'll be a tougher game than. When Colorado. are you guys gonna play somebody? Holy shit. Uh, they got Wisconsin the week after this. They're ranked number 11 right now, but if the Spartans knock them off and beast Lansing, you well, know, that Wisconsin's down. game's going to be huge. Wisconsin's going to have a lot of momentum coming off a, a win game. against the Spartans. So when we, Wisconsin's gonna be a game. when we have that game, they're going to be coming in hot, but we'll check them. They'll be all hot and heavy from beating the high profile Spartans. And then we'll, we'll shut them right back down and kind of put a level on the big 10 while still being yeah, undefeated. Take- I'm looking too far ahead, but that's, I think, that's how I think it's going to be. Uh, it's, so Frank's picking. Are we moving to the Wisconsin? Michigan no, State I just I want to hear Colorado, Tony's thoughts in the game or anybody else. There's no one else like Michigan. No, I was gonna say. I mean, I was shocked early on when Colorado got up big. They did get that strip sack for the touchdown. Yep. That uh, and it seemed like Spate might have gotten hurt there, but he came back in. Still didn't look that great, but he got the job done. Uh, I really th- thought Michigan getting that block punt. For the touchdown was a huge play there. Oh, when you you're think? Down, well, when you're down fourteen nothing, and then suddenly fourteen seven. Oh, it was a great big play. Jerry didn't even watch the game. So. I saw it. That was huge. If it wasn't for the Colorado punter second dig, you probably would have lost. Jesus, the game. Gerard. Jesus. I mean, it did help the Colorado punter. Hey, basically, hey. gave he up three touchdowns to, himself. He punted one. He just old lineman. You just took another hour out of Tony's life. Hey, what did what did I say? What did I say last week about this game? Though, what did I say? I think I, I think I called it close enough. Close enough. What did you call? Col- Colorado was going to put them on upset alert, and then Michigan was going to win. You did say something similar to that. That's exactly what you said. Good call on being right, Joe. Man, it was still you know. Double, I mean, it wasn't like upset alert, alert. You know what I mean? Like they were like, they, I mean, like Michigan turned around and raped them like before the half. That can be good you know for a mean? team, but, like, though, Joe. Can you agree Colorado, with that? Colorado, Colorado came out punching, swinging, but you know. Can you agree with that though? It can be good wow. for a team to – I mean, especially with a team like Colorado where you know there's a good chance Michigan's going to come back and do what, do what's right. It's good to get punched in the mouth a little bit and say, okay, you know, you are human. And I'm not just saying that because it's Michigan. I'm saying any team. It's good to get punched in the mouth and then be like, okay, whoa, shake off the cobwebs and then come back and knock them out. You know what I mean? In life, too, anything. It was almost, like, too easy, though, man. It was like Colorado got kind of like a little bit lucky at first, and then Michigan just, like, routinely, like, beat the shit out of them. You know, I mean, yeah, it wasn't they, like they bent it wasn't over. like there was like a game winning throw, you know, midway through the fourth and they had to duke it out for like five more minutes or something. You know, what I mean, like Michigan, like they, they won that game by like the beginning of the third quarter, man. Yeah, I was just trying to make our, you know, just trying to make the storyline a little bit better. But OK, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I, I, get, I get what you're saying, Frankie, like Colorado came out and they, they put you all in like, like adversity a is a good Mich- thing. Michigan had to go ham. Because they, you know, they were losing at one point. Like the, you can't deny that. Like it had to happen. But at the same time, like Michigan, like Michigan just turned around and fucked them up, man. Like what do you want me to say? Like mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's like I said, it didn't come down to even like the fourth quarter. Like the shit was over by the third, and Harbaugh was running around in khakis still. You know what I mean? Like we, you know, there's nice khakis, man. You see the way he presses those things? No, I did not. Just that crease, man. You can't get him like that. Why are you staring at Harbaugh's pants? I'm just saying. It's not really the pants he's standing. It's more the crotchal region. <laughs> no, it's that Jordan symbol. It's that Jordan. Did he, did he symbol. zip him up, Frank? Can you tell us? They were zipped this time. He did not eat oh, any burgers. Frank zips him for him, man. He didn't. He didn't eat any burgers. They were zipped up. Everything's all good. We all know. We all know. Harbaugh does with that sharpie when he stays over at the cruise office. Tickles a little brown eye. But, <laughs> No, yeah, it's actually going to be a good weekend. Big Ten football starts this weekend. 
Yeah, Frank, your mic's a lot. Okay, I thought my I thought we had a technological issue there. Sorry, guys, I thought my mic cut out. Sorry, that's why the. Oh no, yeah, yeah, out. yeah. It'll be fun, man. Uh, you okay. guys play Big Ten, and, and Notre Dame will probably lose the Duke. We got awesome. hand motions going on. We got <laughs> we got some backstage. We got some backstage. Tony's tapping on the glass. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we covered the Michigan game well enough. I yeah, think. I mean, that, then now you could, the fans can see what I meant by a bipolar weekend, man. You got Joe's team getting stomped, Jerry's team's up here, I'm over here, one of my teams wins, one of my teams... It's all over the place yeah, this the, weekend. Yeah, these weekends kind of, like, let's look at the more general point. We've just been breaking down games the last couple of shows here. We haven't done any generalities in sports. These weekends kind of just piss you off, don't they, guys? In general, yeah, you, you don't know, know what to think. Saturday I go to bed, high on my horse... The Spartans are winning. I got fantasy football. The Lions losing to the Titans. Weekend's going perfectly. Bam! I'm watching the Packers can't call the right play to save their lives. So it looks like freaking a two-year-old's got the sticks and Madden out there. You know, it's just it's depressing. Yeah, I just want to say one thing. Yep, I'm the same way. Call, with just different teams. I didn't call I another game correctly. On that. Yeah, I, yeah. I the wanna... Preston brothers called the Notre Dame correctly. Game correctly. Yes, we did. I just want to say correct. one thing. We called it correctly. Oh, good for you guys. I want to hey, say I'll one tell thing. you what. We're up against it. Let's take a quick, if, short if break the, and come right back. Does that sound good? Stop yeah, take a quick break, and then we'll come back and break down next week. Pay some bills, wrap it up, college. do some things, do some things. And Lamar. RSL. Hold on. All right, and we're back here. Uh, we weren't trying to insult you, Joe. Uh, the headphone jack came out, so Tony and Frank couldn't hear you as they were trying to get us to break there. And, you know, I was just being and an Jerry asshole. And Jerry can't read lips or understand hand signals. Yeah, you know what? Just reading isn't jobs. my strong suit. <laughs> but I do love me a good hand job. Thanks, Frankie. <laughs> but we are back, and everybody's live here. We're going to finish up college football. Um, I'm obviously picking PSU, you know, Penn State University, Joe Pop, one love. Actually, fuck that. They killed my man, Joe Pop. I'm still pissed about it. I'm picking UFN this week. Go Blue. Fire up Wolverines. Hail. Zeke Heil. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I think it's, it's no secret who I'm picking. I'm picking U of M, but I'm also going to kind of pull a little bit of what Joe pulled last week. Nowhere near a stretch of upset alert, but that quarterback play that I mentioned in the last segment and also just just a little confidence ego check. Tread, le- tread lightly, get the job done. Michigan wins handily, but just be careful because these games are getting tougher and tougher you know, progressively. All right. So, I mean, let's be honest. This is Penn State. James Franklin's probably going to be fired at the end of this year. Michigan's winning this one. Go easily. back to Vandy, James. Uh, when I said Zeke Heil, that's because you guys follow Harbaugh like Hitler. You guys get the reference I was going for there. I was yeah, trying I, to be I a neo-Nazi. I just think it's kind of inappropriate. Yeah. Okay, Joe, we're going to it's Seattle. Been 60 years. What you got? Ah, uh, Michigan by a lot. Superb. What's next? All right, we got Notre Dame. Okay, really. I'll start. Notre, <laughs> Notre Dame's coming off a couple of tough losses, one win in between. That, that There's no way, no how they lose. And if they do, what I said earlier is really going to stand. BK is going to get the eject button. Notre Dame. All right. Now, I think uh, Coach K is going to have Duke ready to – oh, wait a second. This isn't basketball. I like what you did So, there. yeah, let's see. Football, Loser. Football school against basketball school. I'm going football school. Notre Dame wins big. Uh, out to you. Why don't you move to Chicago? I'm not moving to Chicago. You going, Gerard? You guys see something. You're going. From Washington. No, you're going. Okay, I got. I'm going to go again. The boys in blue. But which tone of blue do we have? I got Notre Dame by a safety. And about 30 more points. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I got. I gotta go with. Uh, I gotta go with my boys, Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> Good would rather for you, be Joe. against a, a better team, but uh, Good for you, I'm gonna have to go with Notre Dame on this one for sure. Always. The Golden Domers, the clean sweep by the RSF boys. Sweet. All right, one last game, and before uh, we get to this pick, I'd like to say that I don't know what College Game Day is doing. I know they've come up to East Lansing before. They were there for Oregon. They've been there for Wisconsin State before. They saw the Rocket Mary. I don't know why they can't come back. Too many rapes. We're good hosts. (laughs) Once again, like number eight in rapes in the Big Ten, Michigan's number one. Too many rapes and too much alcohol intoxication. Anyways, number eight versus number 11. You know, State does have the third most win against ranked teams in the last five years or since 2010, so six years. Uh, I don't know what the spread is, but they are 10 and 14 as an underdog. I'm going to go with the Spartans. Pretty good pick. By 17. Seventeen. They got a freshman. This is the Wisconsin game we're talking about, right? They got a freshman quarterback. He hasn't been on the road yet. They just beat Jordan Southern by six. I think they're going to think they get things together. I don't think they can unless unless Rogers comes out and plays for them. Give me the Spartans by seventeen. I think. uh, And they're doing the dick dance by halftime. Dick dance by halftime. I think that uh, the Spartans emptied their tank. I really think that uh, Wisconsin's going to win a close Luckily, we got one. a BP right on the corner, Okamos and Jolly. There is one there. We've done a lot of funny things there. No, I, I think <laughs> I think uh, I think that Wisconsin's going to win a close one. Brady's also a Marshawn Lynch running play away from only having three. Screw you. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> to your college game day point, I don't know. Maybe it's just ESPN thinks that it's a worn out joke for a bunch of uh, people who weren't even alive when Desmond Howard played football in college to boo him. And maybe that's why they're not going there. Or maybe because our signs are just the funniest. Harbaugh poops at parties. Oh, <laughs> Hilarious. So Everybody yeah. does that about the opposing team's coach. Marcus Mariota, never heard of her. Once again, <laughs> same thing every other fucking school does. Congratulations. Hey, you see why I'm It's Jim from State Farm. It's horrible from Michigan. She sounds hideous. I, can we move on from that? I, you see why I disregarded that? You see why I disregarded that whole game day point? I just moved it along. Just, I'm just saying you got eight versus 11. I think it's because the game's on the Big Ten Network, but they're going to uh, number 11 versus number, or number 12 versus 19, 13 versus, I don't know, 10 versus, I don't know. But it is the third Sunday or third Saturday in September. What the fuck does that mean to me to Jesus that's Christ? The, come that's back the from name that? of the rivalry. The third Sunday rivalry. That's the name of the rivalry. The third Saturday in September is the name of the rivalry because they always play the third. All right, Sunday, give me your pick, Tony, before Saturday. I flip out. God, no, I'm so confused. Guys, you, you finished week last last time. Let's not let's not turn this into a firestorm again. Come on. All right, I got Michigan State winning, probably by seven. Joseph Matthew Krasik, who you got? Oh man, so this this is gonna be a tight one. If it wasn't for the LSU Wisconsin game, uh, I would I would say Michigan State um, by by a mile here. But uh, I'm gonna say State by a field goal. It's gonna come down to the wire, but the home the home crowd is what is what pushes them that extra inch to to get the win here. But it's gonna be a tight one. I think Wisconsin. Uh, they're a little fired up right now. Yeah, they had that they had that shitty game last weekend, but you know, like yeah, that sometimes that happens. Uh, you know, inexperienced quarterback and all, but they had a great game well, they against LSU. Senior for the freshman, and, uh, talented. Yeah, so I mean, they had a great game against LSU though, 
and I think uh, I think they come out and they, they they put on a show. But in the end, I man, after after last weekend, the Spartans, it, they, they still they still got some they still got some juice. Even though it's eight versus eleven, and as crazy as it sounds, I think Wisconsin gets caught looking down the road a little bit to Michigan because they're number four. It's the bigger game. They got to go on the road two weeks in a row. They're gonna be, they're gonna be thinking Michigan. I don't think that at all. Well, agree. They all have TVs. I'm pretty sure they saw what happened last weekend, Gerard. They were probably still licking their wounds from Jordan Southern, but all right. Uh, one more point in college football I'd like to throw out. Joe wants to go on, talk about this Lamar Jackson kid from Louisville who absolutely tore up Florida State in a way I don't think anybody, of anyone in the entire world saw coming. And if you think you, you projected it, you're lying to yourself, okay? Let's be honest. Yeah, we all picked the Seminoles last week and should have thought about it more, but go ahead, I mean, Joe. That's, that's not true. I picked Louisville. That's what I was trying to get at. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. Well, go ahead. The mic, I don't have much to say about him, and I, I don't even know who this guy was. Before Joe goes off, because I think it's going to take a second, it was crazy how in the game, anytime Florida State got anything going, they fumbled, led to a Louisville touchdown, gave up a punt return, and then when it was like 42-10 to 10, and like clearly out of reach, but maybe there was one inch of a comeback left in them because it's only five touchdowns. Louisville's defense has been suspect at times this season. Lamar Jackson just 55 well, yards untouched also, to the crib. Can I, can I finish, this, Tony? This, this is Joe's moment, but finish up. Finish up. This well, I'm finished. Is, you now, picked Florida State. Up. We all picked Florida State except for one. Yeah, and we picked them all for good reason because Louisville hadn't beat anybody to that point. I'm looking forward to hearing from Joe. but Let's go, Joe. I mean, I'm not trying to get after anybody. I mean, Tony's already, like, Jeez, you know, dig, digging foxholes and <laughs> stuff over there. But, I mean, dude, the Lamar, Lamar Jackson was putting up some sick numbers in the first two games. I mean, like... The numbers he put up against Syracuse, it's like it's almost like Syracuse put out like zombies and only put out six of them on the defense. I mean, like that was unreal. Like the numbers he's put up so far, and to this point in this season so far, to, to include the Florida State game, he's got 18 total touchdowns, 913 pass yards, 464 rush yards, which is more than Christian McCaffrey, who has 298. The 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 big bad running back out of Stanford. And then you want to talk about JT Barrett in, in, in comparison. JT Barrett is 159 rush yards compared to the 464, and 650 pass yards compared to the 913, and uh, about five less touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson didn't just do this against two uh, shitty teams. He went out against a good Florida State team who o- overrated possibly, but oh, definitely overrated. Team, There's no team, question about that. They're two in the country. It's a team that came with a lot of talent, though. And they did beat Ole Miss, um, you know, and a, a come-from-behind come victory. So, you, you know, say what you want about Florida State, though. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I, I think, as of, as of these three games right now, I think we could say that he is definitely a clear front-runner for the Heisman. It's a, it a pretty crazy game. And what I, and the last thing I want to point out is, is Herb Street could not get off of Florida State's cock for like about three quarters. I think, I think it was only <laughs> after, you know, maybe like a minutes after. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was only a couple minutes after um, Louisville was up by 70 that, that that they stopped talking about a possible comeback. It's like, <laughs> yeah. dude, there's like 30 seconds left in the game. Like they're not they're not going to come back. But he he couldn't get over it. So I mean that that's, well, you know we all know Herb she likes to pick a team early and just ride them and hope that they somehow th- win the game. I think this was like you know a litmus test for a pH and. Uh... Chemistry. This was the. I thought this was going to be a litmus test, but I think going to Clemson is going to be the litmus test. If you look what JT Bear did in Oklahoma, that's still more impressive than me than what Lamar Jackson did against Florida State. And we'll see in two weeks if he does that to Clemson. He's pretty much got that Heisman locked up because you know he's just going to. They'll have the AC, the Coastal, I think it is, or the Atlantic Division. 
because it's almost like the Big Ten where all the good teams are on one side. So he'll have a cakewalk right into the playoffs pretty much if he can ble- win at Clemson. Yeah, well, so there's one more thing there, though. Remember we were talking about there. Houston. We're talking about Houston having a clear shot uh, after they beat Oklahoma, but now Louisville's on their schedule. And uh, and I don't think Louis- anyone saw Louisville having this Lamar Jackson guy uh, running wild like he is. So if Louisville somehow escapes Death Valley, and then they got they got uh, Houston up after that, Houston doesn't have such a clear path now to uh, to the college football. Oh yeah, playoff. they got one big obstacle at the end. That's that's for sure. I can't wait for that game. I'm just looking at more near sighted yeah. games. But I'll, I mean, even if even if Louisville loses to uh, Clemson, that's to me that's still a really tough game for Houston. Oh yeah, for sure. Over and, here in big boy schools, we don't worry about any of these teams till the final four. So I'm not really sweating those guys until uh, yeah. And I know being in the final four last year was a lot of pressure for us. Spartans. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? But anyways, hey, hey, hey. So, how did your ten wins taste? Uh, how many points did you guys score against Bam? I forgot. I don't. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I talking about lifetime or last game because we scored zero last game, but we still made the playoff. Someplace you probably won't be for two or three years. Hey, you look panicked. You look panicked. I'm not panicked. It's okay. It's okay. I just piss me off when people say that shit, man. You guys have never made I just, a playoff. I forgot how you many points it was. You haven't won the Big was. Ten since there was a Big Ten championship game. I forgot how many points game. it was. I forgot how Who many points Who are you calling you guys? Yeah. Michigan fan. I just Michigan forgot how many points base. you guys scored against Bama. It's ever since that night, I'm trying to savor the win, drive home from where I was watching the game out here. Michigan fan call up talking about how beating Colorado is better than beating Notre Dame at Notre Dame. You mentioned that you know, already. You know the feeling you get when you beat Notre Dame? Because you guys don't. It's almost the same as the feeling you would get if you ever could beat Ohio State. You guys haven't beat Uncle Urban yet. Man, you need to get this stuff out on the out in the shower, man. Yeah, I need to start shower. shouting this out in the shower. I don't want to hear Michigan fans say shit this until they beat bound Uncle up, Urban. People, he's bound up. I'm, I'm actually going to stop listening to Michigan fan base until they can beat Urban Meyer. You ever hear that saying? The loudest one in the room is the weakest one. I think we're proving that point right here. I'll tell you what, guys. I Rick, you get pretty loud too. Though. I got a curveball. And I want to do it next. And I'm not going to tell you what it is until and we're going to do it live. Okay? Can we take a short break? Yeah. Okay. It's your okay. curveball, not mine. Right. Also, no Tigers in two minutes because they suck and are out of the playoffs. All right, Seth. Okay, that sound you hear, people, is us backing it up to last week. Okay, and if you remember, um, in listener land, uh, things got a little heated at the end. Okay? Uh in regards to the UFC talk, uh, Sage Northcutt, Mickey Gall, CM Punk, it got a little escalated. I mean, things were building up throughout the show. There were some mistakes that happened, and Tony got a little mad. It ended up with him throwing his headphones. Uh, he almost flipped the table. He, at one point, said, bleep this episode. He, we thought he was going to delete it. It turned into a whole big thing. In turn, I got four emails, three direct messages, and two tweets, and all pretty much asking the same thing. What's going on with you and Tony? Are you and Tony still boys? You guys still going to go to the, you know, break bread and eat spaghetti? All this crazy stuff. And the we answer, eat spaghetti. The answer, people, is yes. Tony brought me a Diet Coke for the show today. I had dinner at his place the other day. We are still friends. We are allowed to have heated debates on this show. That's what makes good radio. That's why we have the listening audience that we do. And yes, we're still friends. Yeah, I mean, I want to say one thing to that is, I don't get what it is with people nowadays. It's like, you have an argument with somebody. It's like, you can't be friends with them. I have arguments with these guys who are my best friends all the time. It's what we do. We disagree on things, and we argue, and then we move on and continue to be friends. 
Yeah, Tony, we, we really don't like you, though, at a basic level. We just got to tolerate you. I love though. Tony. That, that's <laughs> not <laughs> true. That's not true. <laughs> you ever heard of the tag-along cookie? You're the tag-along friend. Oh, my God. Listen, so I wanted to square things I'm up. joking, of course. He's my an- brother. I have to We know. Him. To answer all the questions and all the bells that were ringing, all the notifications that were coming, we're going to uh, have a smooth, fair, balanced discussion amongst ourselves about Michael Bisbing versus Dan Henderson for the belt on the next upcoming big card at UFC 205-204. I personally like both these guys for two different reasons. I think Bisbing's excellent at shit-talking. I think he's a badass mofo. Um, I think that he's ahead of the game uh, like a lot of people are as far as I think he's got a future in commentating. I like his personality. I'm a fan of Bisbing. Don't know – I mean, Henderson – he doesn't have the biggest personality, but you got to respect a guy who's in his, what is he, 46? He's about to have his birthday, he's about to be 40. Yeah, he's, he's 46 he's years old. Looks fucking great, okay? He already had issues with the whole TRT thing. He can't do that anymore, so he's an anomaly as far as physical specimen. You can't really mess with a guy that's doing it at 46, and he's, t- he's got a shot at the belt. And it's a fight that people have been wanting to see. He had a huge fucking knockout on Bisbee, and there was a questionable call where he freaking threw the, uh, threw the extra shot when he was unconscious. There's a huge story from, what was that, UFC 100? Is that what it was? Yeah, UFC 100. And uh, it's going to be an awesome fight. I'm a fan of both guys for like those two reasons that I said. I do think that, that Bisbee is going to win. And I want to hear what you have to say about it. And I don't care if you, oh, we can agree or disagree. I just want to hear what you have to say about it because I'm really excited and I'm going to be watching that one. So, I mean, Henderson has already said, win or lose, this is his last fight. Right. And I agree with you that I think Bisbing will win this fight. Bisbing's a younger fighter and he's a guy who he can sit there, work his jab and everything, and he knows what to look out for from Henderson. Henderson isn't the same fighter that he was when they fought last time. Henderson is still at the top of his game because of one reason, and that's his right hand. Mm -hmm. And they say with fighters, the last thing to go is your power. You lose your technique, you lose your speed, all that kind of stuff, but you still have that power. So that's why he's been able to stay on top, is he always seems to catch somebody, put him out for the count, and that's how he gets to keep winning fights, and I just don't think he's going to get that chance with Bisbing. It's amazing that, that Bisbing, at, I believe, 37 years old, has a tremendous youth advantage <laughs> over someone by yeah. a decade. I mean, both these guys are at the tail end of their careers, for sure. Yeah, and, and, so many, and it's such a different way. So you got Bisbing at 37, him at 46. But yeah, you're right, man, spot on. I think uh, Bisbing, with, the, with the, being younger, he's going to be crisper. I think he's going to be faster. Henderson's a tough so SOB. I think he can hang in there and take some of those shots. I think it'll go past the I mean, obviously past the first round, maybe even two. Oh yeah, I definitely think the championship fo- fight. You gotta take cardio he, into consideration. I have a feeling this fight will go the distance. I mean, I think this will be probably one of the more classic Bisbee performances of stay on the outside, work the jab, basically just point fight, get ahead and stay ahead on the cards, and then, you know, get that fifty to forty five decision at the end of the night, hold on to your belt. Henderson rides off into the sunset, and we could also see Bisbing possibly, you know, right. avenge was, that huge loss in his career and say, you know what? I don't know who I'm going to face next, and there's a lot of killers in this division. I'm just going to 
retire as a champ. I'm going to retire on top real quick because I spent 10 years trying this, to get to this point. Yeah, People are so you know, pissed. You know, this is a fun, every fan wants to see, and that's why it's happening because Henderson's not the number one contender. He's 11. And uh, what is it, middleweight? Yeah, middleweight. So he's the 11th contender, but a lot of the guys up top are hurt. Don't correct me if I'm wrong. He just took out Rockhold. I don't know if Mr. Dad will ever be back. Uh, Weidman's hurt still. Nobody knows what's going on with him. You got Jacare. Uh, one of them got popped for steroids, if I'm not mistaken. That was your Romero. He's about to come back. Your Romero got popped for steroids. So this was Dana White didn't have any of the top contenders. So we just skipped like seven and eight because nobody knows who those guys well, are anyways. Also, you got a lot of these guys that are coming off losses or yeah, injury layoffs. Once you get like past that. a couple of people down, it's just all coming off losses. So you might as well come off the guy who almost got knocked out, Henderson. And then this is – if you haven't seen this, people, you got a YouTube biz being knocked out by Henderson because this is one of the dirtiest – Nastiest. Well, we do have a sickest Facebook hits page of all time and a we'll, Twitter page. We'll throw it up on the Facebook for and an Instagram for the fans, fans out there. We'll throw it up there. So but. we'll do that. Be a pro. Be a pro. <laughs> we'll throw but it up there. Basically, for you. there's a bunch of badasses in this division that are pissed off that this fight's <laughs> happening. They're pissed off that Bisbing's and the champion. I think it's Luke great. Rockhold is distraught that he lost to him in the one and one. I think I think that it's Bisbing's only shot at a title offense. But I got to go with the American, the righty. I think Henderson knocks him out and takes that belt, doesn't say a word, and just leaves the game. When he knocks him out, is he gonna fu- is he gonna punch him unconscious again? I think he's gonna punch him square in the dick. Again, honestly, he's gonna drop the people's elbow. I don't think this. I don't <laughs> think this is gonna go five rounds. I don't think it has that possibility. Henderson, this is Henderson's last fight. Well, car- yeah, car- and he's not gonna get knocked out, so he's gonna get choked out, which I think is really hard. Or he's gonna. I don't care who you are. That I knockout. Bisping's gonna pick him. Bisping apart. looks in the mirror sometimes, and if the lights flash, and there's like a loud clap. It's like a PTSD, you know what I mean? Like, oh shit, Anderson's back. Krasik, were you aware <laughs> of this fight? Do you know anything about this? Or are you just are you are you know? Or what's up? Uh, I was I was unaware of the fight. I was actually just going over uh, what I'm gonna have for Henderson. dinner tonight with the fiance. Sorry, boys. Uh, I could see you picking Henderson. Yeah, I like you know I actually like Henderson, man. You kind of look like Henderson. Henderson. I thought he, I always thought he was a really you good. He kind of looks like you. you it's going to be you when you're 46. <laughs> yeah, Henderson actually does kind of look like Mister Krasik. Like, honestly, yeah, it does. It's going to be you when you're 46. I mean, a guy. It, I mean, what, what were we saying? This it, were we just saying that this is uh this is his swan song here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. I mean for, for him to win, fight. for him to win his final fight, that'd be pretty awesome. No, his his fight before this was supposed to be his last fight, but then he found out that Bisping got the belt and he knocked him out a couple of years ago. So he said, "Ah, <laughs> oh, shit." <laughs> no, that'd be that'd be excellent for him to just like win the belt, throw up a middle finger, and then walk away, and then have like the belt be like you know unclaimed again, and then Bisping's just like, "What the fuck, man? Like, what do I gotta do?" What, what, while we're on the topic, what happens? Then? But what I was. No, I would, I would like that honestly because I'm a I'm a Tim Kennedy fan, so it would be awesome if Tim Kennedy came in and took it. Yeah, I mean Tim Kennedy, I think he's got a fight coming up actually. Uh, I could. Hey, you texted me about it. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought I texted you, but I couldn't remember who he's fighting. Yeah, I can't remember who you told me. No, you definitely texted me like two weeks ago about it. Yeah, and I was gonna say. Uh, um, what you call it? We were talking. We were just talking about uh, Jacare and Rockhold. They're actually fighting each other now. Oh, really? Yeah, they're gonna fight each other. Probably it's kind of a title eliminator bout. Winner <coughs> gets a title shot at that after that one. Cool. What card's that gonna be on? Does it say? Or I'm trying to read that right now. Oh well, we can take your time. We can put that. I mean, we can put that on the page or something like that. It's. I would imagine it would either be at. 
204 or 5, maybe at the Garden. Uh, it's going to be at UFC Fight Night 101. Okay. So it's going to be one of the Fight Night cards. It's on uh, Fox Sports 1. Sick. Well, cool. I just wanted to throw that curveball into the show. Gerard just already pieced out. Joe is kind of tuned out on this topic as it is. Tony, uh, me and Tony are friends is the bottom line. And uh, it's going to be a fun fight to see. And uh, what do you say? We pay some bills, get this show on the road. All right. Yeah. So, as always, uh, Facebook.com slash Revolutionary Sports Front, Twitter.com slash RSF Podcast. We're on Instagram, Revolu- <laughs> Revolutionary Sports Front. The website is RevolutionarySportsFront.com. You can email the show at RevolutionarySportsFront at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of the sports revolution. And for those of you who like the dancing with the stars topic, we'll bring it back next week. Cut it, mate.